All right, good evening, citizens of the world. This is the Between the Joysticks podcast, episode nine, with your host, Soul Man and LZ. Yeah, we're back. Well, he's back. I never left, but we didn't do a show last week because... Life happens. Well, no, you went to Disney and... This is true. Didn't tell me what the login info was. Ah, well, yeah. You come in... Okay, that's my fault. So, that's okay. I was also busy, and there wasn't a whole lot of stuff to talk about last week. When we normally do the show on Thursday, Friday night, all the information kind of came out Monday, early this week, or yeah. Friday night, so we got a lot weekend, of stuff to talk about this Weekend week. was busy, uh, this week was busy, and today was busy. So, we'll start off with some gaming stuff. Uh, the Outer Worlds is going to release on the Switch here in March. Generally, this wouldn't be something newsworthy, but it is going to release without a cartridge. It is going to have a digital download. Normally, I wouldn't have an issue with this because generally the systems like the PS4 and the Xbox, you know, you have your 500 gigabyte terabyte hard drive. The Switch does not have anything anywhere close to that. I looked last night at my Switch just because I was curious because um, technically I haven't bought the Outer Worlds yet. I got it through Game Pass, so I've never paid for it and I haven't beaten it yet. So I feel like maybe if I got it for my Switch, it, I would, you know, be a little more, ac- it'd be a little more accessible to me. I looked, I only have six gigabytes of space left on that thing. And I don't even have a solid, like, I don't have a separate game downloaded. So I don't know how big the game is for the Switch. I'll actually take a look at that here in a second. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on, obviously this is kind of the way the gaming industry is moving towards, but what do we think about, you know, digital downloads are obviously something that you have to have an internet connection for to be able to access the code and be able to download it from the from wherever it's being downloaded from. Right. So, I mean, that's obvi- it obviously comes with a host of issues. Yeah, initially, to get a download, you have to have some sort of internet connection. Right, once it's on there, you don't have to have anything after that. You just won't get any updates. Right, I mean, in Outer Worlds is kind of a unique thing because it doesn't have any online functions, really. Like, it's Correct. Not, it's not a multiplayer, it's not PvP or anything like that. There's no, like, unique co-op survival mode. It, it's purely a single-player RPG, um, and I think it'll really benefit just like Skyrim really did well when it, when it dropped on, on Switch and, and things like that for, for portable gaming. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the, the trend that we're, that everybody is anticipating seeing is the idea of, uh, discless, cartridgeless, uh, video games moving forward. I mean, there's already a giant market for that through you know platform streaming and downloading platforms like steam for pc gamers which is a huge chunk of the market out in pc gaming anyway very few people actually buy uh like if you go to best buy or something and go into a pc section unless you go and buy a collector's edition you're not getting a disc yeah most of them and that's the thing is even with collector's editions nowadays most of those don't even come with discs for consoles they come with a download code for the digital game even the the, so even the pc version for 70 fallout 76 came with a digital download code yep so that didn't even come with a physical and that was a pc release uh, the Xbox and PS4 ones did have physical discs. I, right, I the consoles I did, but PC games don't. And right. with that being kind of the major, quote-unquote, market from where most video game platforms are, like that's, that's kind of the thing is what we're seeing with the new, the next-gen Xbox consoles that have been revealed and the PlayStation console, that the PS5 that's, that they've revealed. It looks like they're much more... I mean, because obviously consoles themselves are much more uniquely tailored gaming PCs. Like, they're not an actual PC. You can't do everything with them that, that you can do. But starting right. with, starting last gen, the current gen, I guess, 
since we're current still gen in technically it. still because in the it. next one hasn't come out yet, um, even though it's been announced. We get things like the Bing search engine and the internet browsers, and you know they're much more. Consoles are becoming much more like a very tailored, very specifically built gaming PC. Yes. The only difference is. If you choose to upgrade it yourself internally, you void your warranty, which after, you know, a year, 90 days, whatever, your, your two-year limited warranty or what, what have you is, is up anyway. Um, so there's really no downside to it as long as you know what you're doing or you know somebody who does. But, um, I mean, that was kind of the thing looking forward into next gen when we were expecting uh, the new Lock, Lockhart and Project Scarlet, you know, updates was one of the rumors that was going around about it was probably the pricier version, whatever it was going to be, was going to be discless. That didn't turn out right. to be the case, but that was the thought because everybody, even on the console side, is starting to figure out that, you know, and this is kind of what I'm seeing with Xbox moving towards Game Pass and using that subscription-based service as their primary point of revenue is that they're not really focusing on console sales because you know console sales for xbox make up less than nine percent or some somewhere around nine percent it's less than ten percent guaranteed because uh, i saw the stats for this the other day it's less than ten percent total of all the stuff microsoft does. yeah most consoles so they end up losing money at the beginning anyway um even when they go on sale for sure so consoles are not big money makers at all. Right. But that's the thing is with them moving moving towards that game subscription, you know, yes. model of of this is where we're going to make the most of our money, it makes sense that they're going to shy away from actually supporting things like CDs and things like that because Yeah. I mean, and this is something that we've always dreamed of anyway, was the idea that eventually things are going to get, you know, like when we jump down to like the game uh, the microchips for the Game Boys, and yeah. when we got down to the super small discs for the GameCube, like everybody thought that just these giant things that used to be these massive cartridges were just going to slowly get down to the point where we weren't going to have to deal with it anymore right. anyway. So this is where technology has always been pushing us, but and I think the fact that we still have discs lying around and they haven't gone to like USBs or something like that is yeah, more of a something like that. It's more of a just a familiarity factor. I mean, CDs came out. In the you know early nineties, uh, mid nineties, and we've been using them since. I think it's just something that everyone's pretty comfortable with. And typically, people who are gamers are people who are super into almost every some sort of other collection type fan base. Whether it's yeah. Star Wars or cinema buffs or whatever, there's some things to be said about having a physical collection, yes, a library absolutely. that says, "Hey, this is the thing that I love, and I like to show off that. Hey, these are the things that I'm into." Yeah, absolutely. And I, there's I something can to be said for that. But, you know, the idea that it's only available as a digital download game, I don't necessarily know that that's necessarily the greatest way to go about it. Uh, I don't really know what their methodology behind that was, but I can kind of see it, because like we said, it's a single-player RPG with no real multiplayer functions. So if you're going to be getting it, you're going to be downloading it. I mean, there is there is a internet disparity that's out there yeah, like we're, absolutely. In, we're in west virginia so there are giant massive internet holes that people yes. just can't get to unless you go out to yeah. some sort of public wi-fi or whatever there are still people who don't have it uh but access to the internet even through like public libraries and places like that you can still go and take care of that yeah i think that's a good i think it's a good argument to make too in 2020 you, i mean with the switch being portable you could realistically take your switch and a charger go sit at a public library hook up to their wi-fi download your game 
go home. Uh, just for so just for comparison's sake, we don't know the download size of uh, the Outer Worlds yet. Wolfenstein Youngblood were to release this in a similar way last summer. I want to say it was late July. Had a twenty point six gigabyte download. That wouldn't even fit on my Switch right now. So that essentially means someone like me would have to go out and purchase an, an SD card. And I'll be honest, I don't know the Switch's uh, internal internal uh, memory. It may not even support 20 gigabytes by itself. I want to say that it doesn't because I haven't put hardly anything on my Switch. I mean, Switch. it very well may not. I mean, and even with what we know with the basic next-gen Xbox is it's going to be a, ba- a minimum storage space internally of four teraflops, which is massive. Uh, I mean, I have I have a two terabyte. I think it may be terabyte. Uh, yeah, I've got a teraflops is not. This is something. It's different it's ter- yeah, it's terabytes because uh, I have it's four a, terabytes uh, and I have a two terabyte external hard drive that's hooked up to my my Xbox One. Right. And now you have an, I, you have I, an X. I still haven't touched seventy five percent of it. Okay. I've had that for two or three years. Like it's it's filled. So you have an X and it's got a terabyte included. It plus, has a terabyte plus an extra. You've got plus an, extra I have an extra two. So I've got a three terabyte external with my OG One, which has five. So I've got three and a half. And I'm at like 85%. Right. Mainly because I pull a bunch of stuff from Game Pass. Anytime I see something good, I'm like, I'll download it. If I play it, I play it. If I don't, I don't. Yeah, I download it and I keep it because once you've downloaded it, it's it's, it's yours to keep for, you know, as long as it's on there. And since it's my home Xbox, even if I don't have online capabilities, I can still play the game. Um, But that's the thing is like, there's massive storage upgrades that come with all the new consoles and kind of the weird announcement that we got from Nintendo this week when they released their earnings numbers was what everybody thought was going to be a Nintendo Switch Pro or some sort of upgraded version of that console turned out to be nothing more than just a reskinned Animal Crossing special edition right. of a standard. Now, people are super excited about that. We feel they're super yeah, excited. Don't get yeah. me wrong. The colors look amazing. Yeah, I, actually, I yes. I, I think it's a gorgeous... I'm a big fan of the colors. I think uh, it's a gorgeous console because you really don't see Nintendo do a whole lot of uh, franchise They did uh, one for Pokemon. Um, they did they did a regular Switch for Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, and Eevee, and that was one Switch. And then they did a light for the new Sword and Shield right. games. But, throughout but that's that, all they've done, Throughout I their think. history of releing consoles... You unless really it was a, yeah, unless it was really a DS, you're right. You don't get a lot of, any, you don't get a lot of unique, uh, versions. unique versions. I agree with you. Um, but that's the thing. is like it didn't improve the stats or download space for anything. It was It's just a purely cosmetic change. Right. And I think that kind of really put a damper on everything uh, for most Switch players... Especially with this announcement, because with this being one of the biggest releases and probably my favorite game of the past year that's come out, uh, which yeah. we talked about when we, we covered the Game Awards a few episodes back, um, I I don't know if this is going to really set a standard moving forward, or if, with this being such a popular game that's downloaded and it's still currently out, like it's still fresh, uh, as far as getting people to download it, getting people into it, getting them to play, uh, as recent as it's been dropped, it's still very much in its heyday for right. downloads, this very well may be Nintendo's way of testing the purely downloadable market and seeing what kind of revenue they can generate off that. I think it might be a guinea pig for, for this gen's stuff. Um, that being said, obviously, they're still dropping all kinds of games with discs. So yeah. I, I think this is going to be just kind of like, you know, sticking your toe in the hot water tub and trying to see what 
what actually feels out of it. I think it's more so... Because uh, it is successful enough of a game yes. on other platforms that being able to take something like that with you everywhere, I think Agreed. that's going to be... I think it's more so Obsidian because... doesn't want to spend the... Which, this may not be Obsidian, it may be a Microsoft decision. I, I don't think it's that far along because I don't think Microsoft technically has anything to do with the Outer Worlds as it stands today. They Now, obviously, Microsoft will own the IP as it goes forward... Um, but I, honestly, I think it's just a thing of Obsidian doesn't want to spend the extra money to rate the cartridge that may be holding them back a little bit. I know that's been an issue with some other games. Bethesda did the same thing with Wolfenstein Youngblood. So um, it's not unheard of. Uh, it is a bit strange coming from someone like uh, Obsidian. And I know it's uh, it's not a factor of the game won't fit on the cartridge because The Witcher 3 and all of its DLC is on a cartridge. Right. At that point, it's more of a matter of dealing with their production line and their supply chain. And that very well might be a thing. The production may a, be an issue. It, it might be just, it's it's not financially feasible for them to switch it up just to jump over to that when it wasn't something that was originally yes. built into the game. This, this may have been an absolute last-minute decision to throw this on the Switch and to get it out quicker. They just said, forget the cartridge. Let's just do a digital download. And who knows? We may end up seeing a cartridge in the future. I doubt it. We probably won't get But it. you never know. I would say that if we do, it'll probably be a Game of the Year edition when they finally release whatever DLC they finally True. decide. True. I could see that happening, yes. When it's yes. all said and done. I could see that happening, Especially absolutely. with the base game coding already being out there, it'd be very easy two years down the road when all the final DLC gets dropped over whatever plan they decide right. to release it over. I could see that being Agreed. Great. Um, so just some final thoughts here, uh, just to let you guys know, uh, the base switch does come with a 32 gigabyte, uh, internal storage. I don't know what the heck I've put on mine to, to suck up like 24 gigabytes. I'll have to look into it. Um, but you can get an SD card to expand that. Uh, like I said, we don't know how big the game is going to be. I would bet it's going to be somewhere around Wolfenstein Youngblood, Youngblood size, um, at around 20 gigabytes or so. Um... But yeah, I think it'll do fine on the Switch. I think it is a game that is going to flourish on the Switch, much like you know Skyrim, The Witcher, other games like that have done. It obviously probably isn't going to look as good, but it'll still play great. Uh, the Switch has done. You know, I'm glad to, that we keep getting ports of these games over to the Switch, even though it's not on release day. It's coming eventually, and that's something very, very important for Nintendo. So we're going to switch gears here. We're going to talk about some Star Wars news. Uh, we have a lot to go over. So let's talk about the games first. Um, Jedi Fallen Order is supposed to hit 10 million copies sold before the end of March. Yeah, super successful. Yeah, it was only... EA only uh, estimated about 6 to 8 million. And it's already, they said it's already hit the high end of that. And they've been really good about rolling out updates for gameplay. and. Yeah, they've been some resolution. patches here and there. Uh, that's good to see that game succeed, essentially. They've been very active to, to fixing the initial problems that everybody, like what you said, with frame rate issues and yes. things in with the environments. They've been really, really well at getting yes, that loaded in. Yes, absolutely. Um, and they've got an orange, you know, the orangish yellow. Yeah, that that came through. Added. So that was premium content. <laughs> if you pre-ordered it, you had it. Now you've got it. Uh, if you're just playing regularly, uh, I'm glad to see that game do well, and I'm I'm glad to kind of hear that they said they want to kind of push more in a single player focus. Now in the last earnings call, they kind of mentioned that they want to do more single player, but they also want to do you know service based games, which is fine. I think we can. I think you are definitely able to do both. You can do service-based Star Wars games, and then you can also take places like Respawn or any other studios that EA may have and push out your single-player story-based Star Wars games. I think that is the best way to go. 
uh, for the future of Star Wars, essentially, especially with, with EA being in the hand. We know what EA can do with things like Battlefront. Obviously, Battlefront 2 is started off a little shaky, as it is right now. It just got another update today, I believe. And it's one of it's one of my more favorite games to play currently. Uh, the first Battlefront, we're not going to talk about that. That's still a little rough. But Battlefront 2 has been amazing uh, since they started post-launch support. Um, rumors of a KOTOR remake resurfaced again. Uh, Cinelinks.com had the story first. Uh, they did confirm that uh, it is something that is being talked over. So it may still fall through. Um, it's not a remake. It is more of a spiritual sequel. So it's going because obviously they can't take they, obviously anything EA pushes out right now they want it to be canon, and they don't want to remake one of the Kotor games because I think that would I think in their minds that makes it strictly canon. And I don't know if Disney wants to do that either. I think they want to take pieces that they like from that and throw it in there. That means we're probably not going to get the same combat system, things like that. That's probably more accurate. And when we do get to see the quote unquote spiritual successor, that's when we'll actually get to see what they consider canon from that yes I, I agree with you 100% I think that's kind of they're going to take pieces that they really like from that and that'll be really interesting because that's going to kind of whatever that game drops that's going to be what really builds the foundation for the High Republic that we get to see them starting to play around this new era yeah, of Star Wars so I think game. anything they do with the Old Republic is going to it, it is going to bolster the, the past of Star Wars it's going to be the most direct tone. link to what we can expect to see Agreed. Um, so, because it's easier to look forward in, in, from from a framework than it is agreed. backward from something that's already agreed. established. So, I think the Kotor, we're going to call it a remake right now. I I do in fact think that they are going to redo something with the originals. I think when that game releases, they will either package those in with them with a frame update or something because the groundwork is there. Just kind of like kind of like when uh, Bethesda released Fallout Four, they released Fallout Three alongside with it backwards compatible. I could see them doing something similar to that um, in that respect. Essentially, that's fair. Um, the other the other title that is in production that we've heard rumors of is the Project Luminous Time title. That would be the High Republic era stuff. Um, now I did hear another rumor. Uh, today, uh, I cannot remember the gentleman's name. Um, I'll look it up real quick. He did say that... You're talking about the book delay, right? No, no, no. So Project Luminous is, has been said to include not just books, but also a game and right. movies. Right, it's, it's everything. Now, I don't know if that's true anymore because we've got a, we got a report uh, that said... So Project Luminous is... We'll get there first. Project Luminous is supposed to be... Um, there's supposed to be an event for it on February 24th. Okay. We assume this event is going to be a event to announce things, give us release dates, let us know what it is about, things like that. I don't know if that is actually going to be what it does. I feel like that is, I feel like that is what it's going to be, but I'm not sure 100% if that's exactly what's going on. I can see them essentially saying this is what Project Luminous is. We've got these comics, these books, they're releasing. Now, with your now with your the Thrawn book that you said is going to be delayed, it's going to be delayed till November. Um, one of the reasons they're delaying it is because they're putting blue on the edge of the pages, which I think that's a nice touch. I think that's a great thing to do. I, yeah, gilding is always cool on books like that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I do think that the r- main reason they are delaying it, though is because there's going to be a Project Luminous book releasing in the original window for that. Uh, I have to imagine it's going to start around there. Um, the name of the reporter is Clayton Sandal. 
Uh, he, he said that if we expect to see any movies, video games, anything else uh, announced with Project Luminous, that uh, you'll be disappointed. So I'm beginning to now think that Project Luminous is strictly books and comics. I don't think there's going to be any movie tie-ins. I don't think we're even going to get a game tie-in. Now, we may, down the line, that may be something that comes out later, but I think the Project Luminous that we've got that's slated for 2020, that may extend off into 2021, however long they plan on doing whatever it is that they're doing, I think it is going to be strictly in that, in that book and novel medium, which I think is fine. I don't think they need to clutter things up entirely too much because it is going to be a lot. If you... Start telling fans that they need to go read four books and two comics and play a video game and then go see a movie. It gets to be a lot. That's the great thing about some of the about Star Wars. What we have now is that you can go see the movies and just go see the movies, and you won't have anything else to worry about really. Yeah, I think that's really kind of the the thing is that is kind of a big ask. I mean, especially for Star Wars fans, but even for Marvel fans who have. Not necessarily everybody who goes and enjoys the MCU is a comic books fan. Right. I mean, the thing about the characters that have existed up until the end of Infinity Saga, you know, moving forward now into Phase 4 and 5, we're getting a lot of external characters that are really outside the main pop culture stream. Like, even people who aren't Marvel fans, aren't comic book fans, they still know who Iron Man, who Captain America, who Thor is going to be. You know, these are just cultural icons that have existed because of their own TV shows and whatever branding throughout the you know since the 1940s and 50s, uh, they're they're just so impactful to the universe. But characters like Shang, yeah, Shang, Shang Chi, or you know, uh, she any, any of the Eternals, yeah, would be completely like I had to do research on them. Characters like Morbius. I mean, even the Guardians are not known to casual fans. Yeah, I would most, say most of the Guardians are are, are D list characters at best that nobody's gonna gonna pick up on. Um, but the idea that they're going to require people to jump onto a streaming service that is Disney Plus to expect them to watch the shows because they're going to inform the films and vice versa. And right. then we're going to get to see characters from Disney Plus shows jump on to movies and movie characters jump into the shows as they progress and move on is a really big ask. Especially yeah. for, for some of these deep lore characters that people may or may not be super invested in finding a way to tie all that stuff in together in a meaningful way to generate interest to keep that oh, connected universe moving forward is a lot to ask. And that's just between TV and film, which are two very similar mediums, let alone tossing in books and comic books and video games. And that's just a whole lot of stuff for people to get interested right. in. absolutely. That people like you and me would be like, yeah, I'm going to eat all of it up yep. because I'm, I'm totally into it and these are all the things that I love. And I'll, if it's something I like, I'm going to do all these things because I'm super into it. But not a lot of people are going to be that way. It's just tough for everyone else to get like that. Um, I completely agree. Granted, you can always get a jump on a, a two or three hour YouTube or Twitch. Yeah, absolutely. Watch somebody else play through or get cutscenes from yes. the storyline to kind of keep you abridged of what's going on there, or read a Wikipedia entry to figure out what happened in that little thing and get yourself a quick summary. Yes, agreed. But. You know, to each his own, but it's going to be it's, interesting to see how tough. it plays out. I, I agree with you. It is tough to to kind of get through that, and you obviously want to hit a happy medium. And I think I think Marv, the MCU will kind of take the kind of what Star Wars did in the when before Disney took over, where you had you could go watch the movies, you could understand everything from the movies, but if you watched, if you paid attention to books and comics, 
watch the Clone Wars and other mediums, you would see not so not so, I don't want to say little because I don't want to devalue what it is, but it is definitely more subtle things that you would, that regular people wouldn't know and go, oh, okay, I remember seeing that from so and so, and I remember I, when this happened. It's like people who watch Agents of Shield and at the end at the end of um, Age of Ultron, everyone's like, where did they get the helicarrier from? Well, so that's the thing though is that was still a very one sided relationship, and for people who did that, it was a super big cool thing. Exactly. That watched the show, but moving forward, Kevin Feige said that Disney Plus content is going to be mandatory to understand what's going on on right. the screen in theaters so that's very different from the one-sided relationship where if you watch the show it was tied into the universe but if you watch the universe the shows had no effect on it right not at all so i mean that's what i'm saying hopefully they don't what i'm saying is hopefully they don't go too hard into the shows and they say okay you've absolutely got to watch this in order to understand say you say you absolutely have to watch loki to understand what's going on in doctor strange 2 and they they end up alienating some of the audience we obviously don't want something like that um i think that's bad for any fan base not not just marvel uh, but when you get all of these outstanding characters and you've got so many things in the marvel you know just the marvel universe overall right. it's hard to get everything that you want to get involved no and i, I think i think they're they're probably I, I would give kevin feige that much that much credit i mean he's brought us this far i agree i, I would say that he's intelligent enough to realize not everybody's going to be jumping into that stuff immediately and so 90 percent of what goes on in the movies is going to be independent from the series but it's going to be one of those things that when you watch it, there's going to be a lot, and I'm, I'm keeping this in, there's going to be a lot of stuff that you're going to watch and go, okay, well, that, I wonder how that happened. It'll, yeah. it'll leave you with a couple questions wondering what's going on. It won't be Batman versus Superman, what the heck is going on here questions. True. But <laughs> there'll be something below that where if, if you go back and you watch it, all kinds of stuff is just going to unfold. Agreed. Yeah, I think we can definitely expect something. It'll be... You know, cat with the lotus petal on its head is just... Yeah, I agree. I think that is going to be something that is is definitely what more what I expect. It's going to be okay. I have questions. Where are these answers? And if you want to go seek them out, they'll be readily available on Disney Plus. And if you're one of those people who just doesn't really care, and they're just like, okay, I understand this. I don't need to see what happened here. You'll still be satisfied with what's yeah, going on. And I, I think with the way that they're building the characters that are in the the Disney Plus series, it'll be things like you're going to see Moon Knight show up. You're going to see She Hulk show up, and in the movies, you're probably not going to get that origin story. You're not going to get right. any context as to where that character came from. It's going to be very much akin to Civil War, where T'Challa just shows up, and it's a very small reference of, okay, here's who he was, and then you get Spider-Man of, oh, hey, here's two minutes of, hey, who, here's who he right. was in the universe. And I think that worked out well. And I don't think that's did. something that they don't well. want to do anymore. I think it's definitely something they're going to lean a little more into, because since we got, I mean, before we saw Spider-Man in the MCU, we saw two mo or two franchises of him. Uh, we got an origin story both times. Uh, Spider-Man's a little different because we all kind of know what's going on with his story. Right. But obviously it worked very well with Black Panther and we had never seen anything from him before that. Right. But Black Panther did the... Spider-Man was kind of the same way because he got teased in there and then we did his movies. Um, and, and that's kind of the thing that, we, that we're going to continue to see moving forward um, just because it, it's... There, there are ways to do origin films because T'Challa was already the Black Panther but he wasn't King of Wakanda so right. there's a way to expand on that story and kind of fill out bits and gaps from that origin story that didn't require an actual origin movie of going back and watching him as a teenager Agreed. because his dad got too old to go out and, and take on people in the suit there was no point to go back and show him literally just being like okay 
You're old enough. Here's a suit. Yeah. Go defend the country. Yeah, I agree. It's not something. It's not one of those like life changing events like Spider Man had with his uncle dying or something like that. Black Panthers is definitely more so just a passing of the of the right essentially yeah, when the, he's old. The enough. origin story isn't as important to Marvel characters. I'm gonna say this with a small caveat, as opposed to characters like Batman, where Agreed. even in the comics, there is at least one framed reference. To his parents being murdered because that is so key, yes. and so central yes, yes, yes. to his ethos, his pathos, how he operates, and very much who he is and why he does what he does. That there's all, almost every time you do a Batman movie, as much as we may hate it, you have to have that origin story in there because that's that's literally everything about who that character is. Right. Whereas all these other characters, the origin story is it's there, it's important, it's how they got to be who they are, but. The other 99.99% of that character is what they do after that. It's about them growing and interacting with the, the, the larger universe, these grand storylines and villains and, and, and plot arcs and things like that. But the origin story, for the most part, is never revisited uh, outside, of, outside of a new writer coming in. Yeah. And take the care closest of we and the closest one that you get to Batman is Spider Man, and we've gotten small, we've gotten drops of that in the MCU as we've kind of gone on. So we kind of know you, if you haven't seen the Raimi series or the one the, the Garfield series, you know what happened. Essentially, you can figure it out on your own. Um, so we got a little off track there, but that's okay. Uh, just uh, some other things. There is a new Poe Dameron novel coming out this summer. It is going to cover his time as a spice. Uh, runner and right before he joins the new republic so that will answer some things um let's go back to the project luminous game um since we're not really going to since i don't think we're going to get any game announcements or anything like that i'm not so sure that that is something that's actually in development i want to say that right now they've got a fallen order sequel coming up that i think is in development with respawn and i think someone's making kotor um whether that be the complete remake or whether they're doing whatever they're doing with that I think it is going to be more of a spiritual successor or a sequel. I want to say that in air quotes because I think the story is what they like. I think there are some characters they may want to move around, change names of for whatever reason. We know Revan is canon now, so he is definitely going to be included. I would assume Darth Malak is also going to be included because he is a you know central point of that conflict, essentially. And I think... We're going to get a movie around those events. I think you're going to get a game that is going to reminisce what we got in the original game. But I think that game is going to be something more along the lines of the second game that we got. And we're going to get a movie focused on the f the events from the first game. I think that is kind of what Lucasfilm wants to do. Just because the second game is not nearly as popular. Um, and it wasn't quite finished when it released. It was, hit a, it was a massive deadline. Uh, things were cut. So I think them kind of polishing up the end of that and maybe releasing that more as a full title as a sequel to the movie that they're going to release, which I do think that's going to be their next plan. I think that sounds like a little bit more of a plausible uh, plan going on. Uh, just a couple more things. Uh, there was some Star Wars Underworld uh, test footage that was leaked over the weekend. Uh, actually, I think it was leaked yesterday morning uh, slash sometime today. Basically what this is was a Star Wars show that George Lucas had planned in 2010. I've watched the footage. It certainly seems higher quality than what most people are making it out to be. Some people don't even think that it's test footage. They think it's fake. Most of the visuals and things 
Uh, there's a there's some speeders in there that are that float around and land very quickly. There's droids that scan things. Most of that looks too good to not be something that Lucas or something like that would put out around 2010. We have to think that was 10 years ago too. So I mean, it looks a little choppy, but for the most part, the animation style and um, what we see in the CGI looks better than what most people could do, you know, in their basement. Um, so I think it is real. I think for whatever reason, Lucas decided not to go through with it, and he ended up selling to Disney two years later, probably because he couldn't get the series off its feet. Uh, it was rumored to have 400 episodes. The rumor was he had 100 scripts already written. So, I mean, yeah, we got to think. It was going to end up being like six or seven or eight seasons long. Um, we also have to remember that at the time of that, Clone Wars wasn't finished yet, so I'm sure they wanted to cap that off. They still had technically two or three more seasons left to go on that. So there's a lot of writing left to do on that. Um, the other rumor that I saw today that I, I only saw one place, so I, I don't even want to really call it a rumor, uh, that is that George Lucas may return to directing Star Wars. Yeah, but that's going to be so far-fetched because the caveat that was included was if he had full control. I agree with you. And Disney's not going to give him full control again. I, I agree with you. Uh, I not, think not after that buyout and the conditions. Of that, well, because that the thing is, for him to have full control, that means he goes back and re-edits everything all over again as many times as he wants. See, to I do. think when it says full control, I think it means full control of whatever he is creating at the time. So he is still going to have to live within the sandbox that Disney has created with what they've got now. That could be, but the issues that we see with that are the issues that we had with. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and the ideas of the you know the rumored uh, journey you know World of Atlantis or whatever it was it was the the whole premise of what Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was originally supposed to be as Frank Darabont the guy who wrote some of the original uh, season one scripts for Walking Dead uh, when he originally wrote a a script for what was supposed to be Indy Four the rumors are out there whether they're true or not there are supposedly leaked versions or excerpts from that script but the theory is that um, George Lucas didn't want someone else taking over the reins of something that he had done so he scrapped the entire thing and said no we're going to do this instead and we see where that goes yeah Um, but I I, I just having too many hands in the kettle at this point I agree with you is going to be an awful lot especially after seeing all the good work that we've seen from Dave Filoni and the other guys yes 110% so my thing is... Especially with what we've seen from like The Mandalorian and things like that right yes. now. There's a lot of good stories being told out there in Star Wars, even in books and everything else, that don't have George Lucas's say in it right now. Yeah, I agree with you. 110%. And it's, you know, we made the comment that the original six films were his baby, and to some degree, some, some of the other products were as well. Um, but the new trilogy and things like that, even though he had story and stuff written out for it and he had a vision for what the next three films would be, you know, it wasn't his baby anymore. Agreed. It became the toddler that he handed off to the godparents and now, you know, it's become its own unique, beautiful child. And I don't know if you can necessarily rein the adoptive child back in at this point without, you know, clashing and creating yeah. more trouble there i, I agree with you. i think if fixing. if lucas if this is true and lucas if lucas approached somebody and said hey i'd like to come back and do it i think as as kathleen kennedy or, or bob Iger, whoever is making that decision i would have to imagine it, that is a joint decision i think they have to go and go thanks but no thanks george i i get it and an easy fix to what you said is is a trouble with him fitting in that sandbox they've created 
let him do Old Republic stuff. Because that doesn't really have... It's so far in the future. That is true. Like you said, it does set things up for the for the future. It does set things up for other eras. But at the same time, if you go back as far as they went back, it shouldn't do too, I mean, that, that's true. too that's much. And, you know, like what we've seen with, with Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams, they consulted with Lucas on, on what yeah. to do moving forward. We know that whether or not John Favreau actually consulted with them, we know that George Lucas was there on set a Agreed. handful of days. Whether or not that was just a courtesy of being involved for the for the finale or whatever was I, going on, because we saw you know released photos for, for yes. him around on set holding holding the whole child. So I, I want to say but, that um, Lucas has been on set for every new Star Wars product or, or production, other than the there, other than the, the animated show. The two animated shows they've done. I believe he's... Now, I may be wrong with Force Awakens and, and Last Jedi. I want to say that he definitely did visit Force Awakens because I know him and J.J. are a little bit closer. Last Jedi, I'm not too sure about because I don't know his relationship with Ryan Johnson. We know for sure he was on set for uh, Rise of Skywalker. And like you said, we've seen him on set for Mandalorian. So we know he's been around at least. Right. And, and that's the thing is it, it very well may be the point that when he got rid of the franchise, he may have just been done with the fanboys. He may have been tired of the backlash and he wanted it just to be his thing. And now he's been able to see all these other people kind of taking on and being present on set, seeing everybody enjoying what they do. It's no longer this terrible slog of work for him. It, he actually gets to see that it can, it can, Star Wars can still be enjoyable to work on and produce. That may be something that rejuvenates him and wants him to get back into it, and that's very well meaning. But you know, the, the question is: Is there still a place? Yeah, in I, Star Wars, I agree with you. Lucas? Just because it's so tough when he essentially fleshed out a, a universe consisting of thousands of years. Now, a lot of the time between the Old Republic and what we've got in the movies is not explored very much, so it's not as much time as you think. But I mean. George Lucas had stories that went like 150 years after episode 6, essentially. I mean, he has hundreds of, you know, fictional years of of work put into this franchise. And for someone to basically strip it away and look at him and say, okay, that stuff doesn't count anymore. You got to pay attention to what we've done. It is going to be, that is a challenging thing for right. anybody. And that's my argument is, is there a place moving forward? For George yeah. Lucas in Star Wars, now that he's already parted ways in such a hard part that he did when he Agreed. signed over Lucasfilm and Disney, I think if it's not something that he does backwards, because they have their own creative board and bringing yeah. in, bringing in somebody who's very stubborn and very set in their ways of this is what I want it to be, going from someone who used to be the senior, okay, these are all my shots right. and I have final say, having him come in and be the new guy. And also be the old guy that nobody wants to upset because he created this. Yeah, that's a very weird dynamic that I don't yes. think very many creative, absolutely creative boards are going to want to have. Well, and the nice thing is too. So anybody because involved it's not in the Stan Lee, right? Yes, like, yeah. Because Stan Lee, the only thing he had was I want I want producer credits and I want cameos. Yes, everything else is on you guys, and that was the agreement that they had. Because it very much wasn't just going to be, okay, we're going to adapt all these stories because, you know, you created them, we're going to do our own thing. That was an understanding and that was fine, because that wasn't why Stan Lee was in it. Right. But he was just excited to get to see new generations, new people, new iterations of these characters that he grew up and created and, and, and really brought to the world. With Stan, it's a little different, too, because with comics, you obviously, you've got a established multiverse. Yes, and you've got an established multiverse in comics where you can kind of say, okay, this is still our character. He looks very similar. He acts very similar, but we are doing 
this, this, and this differently, and, yeah. and you can say, okay, yeah, that all makes sense. The, the good thing about the Lucasfilm story group and, and the people who are involved with Lucasfilm that are involved mainly with that is a lot of those people that are people George is either placed there before he left and are still involved. Kathleen Kennedy is obviously somebody who was very involved with producing, you know, not only some of the Star Wars movies, but a lot of high-budget films. Uh, Dave Filoni was basically, you know, George's hand-picked second man coming coming up when he did Clone Wars. Pablo Hidalgo is still involved with this Lucasfilm story group. Uh, so, I mean, there's still plenty of people he knows that keep his ideas alive, I'm sure. But it, it's obviously, it's honestly just a little bit different when you get these new things that you didn't intend. Uh, we have to remember, Ray and Finn and Kylo Ren... Hawks, all those people were not George Lucas creations. They were never people that, you know, George Lucas came up with to put in his films. Those were all J.J. Disney creations. You know, the new, I hate saying Disney because it's the new Lucasfilm, you know, that essentially put those together that came from their minds, not, you know, not George's. So I agree with you. I don't know if it's something that is he is going to be able to step into. Uh, like I said, I, I could only find the the rumor one place so I, I don't even i don't even love talking about it until we get a little bit more um traction on it no, but it is an interesting idea oh i agree and, with you and, yes and it very much you know harkens back to the things we've been talking about with the new movies coming out anyway is where star wars going and where is it and that's the thing is you have to kind of look back at where it came from yes and what kind of lore because we know that they've, they've been upending what was canon and yeah, and this is all because of Disney's acquisition. They're yeah. saying these are, this is canon, this is not. We want to push this stuff forward. So that's the real question is if if the inevitability of this rumor does come to be true or if it does become propagated more, the real question is seeing where Star Wars is now and seeing what we're, what we're getting now without George Lucas, in a world without George Lucas where he's merely in a role where directors will look at him where he's on set and say, Hey, we're glad you're here. These are the things we we love and we're trying to do. And then you may get a whole, okay. So for this scene, I want to do this the way you did it. How would you do this scene? Like asking for advice and consulting on on one small minutia moment is something completely different from having him sit on a creative board where he's helping sculpt canon and storylines and where things are going in a Kevin Feige ish way of right. filling out a roadmap of where to go is very different. Yes. Um, so that's the thing is 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 there room for George Lucas yeah. now? I, I think that's a in, in Star Wars. I think it's a great question. Uh, I think it's something that we and will the fans want George to come back? I think yes. Uh, I think there's going to be there are definitely fans who look at what Disney's done and I just think they're not super happy with it and they go, okay, we want George back. Those may have been the same fans that were cursing him when they when he created episodes one, two, and three. But I think now that they kind of realize, you know, in their own twisted world, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, th- but that's the, I mean that's their problem. I, so I definitely think even someone like me would love to see George come back and do something else. I just think that would be something that's really cool. Um, so I I think that's something we'll definitely talk about more in the future if it keeps popping up. Uh, so we're gonna end with one more Star Wars thing. This is a leak on Reddit that came through. That I'm pretty sure is fake. Uh, we'll we'll kind of oh, that, that's that's what Reddit is. Man. We'll kind of <laughs> go over it. Um, so it starts with I lost my job this morning. So here we go. Uh, I said he, he, the poster says they're not going to list every single greenlit book and comic, but here is the notable stuff. Oh yeah, that's reliable. 
That's well, it gets better. Well, because that's the thing is that NDA totally just goes oh away yeah because you were fired. Uh, Mandalorian season two, first thing on the list that makes sense. Everyone knows we're getting that. That's uh, not a shocker. That's not surprising. They say Kenobi is now retitled to Old, old Ben. That makes I I, I don't. I don't want to say it makes sense, but I get it because he that's what he goes by when he's on Tatooine. Um, they say the Cassian Andor series is on hiatus. Scripts are written, but Old Ben is being given priority. That I can believe because I think uh, that they've – since we got that well, scare of a delay. Well, they scared the delay and then Ewan came out and said – Yes. You know, he clarified. Yes. Very quickly. It's being bumped back, but it's being bumped back because they had scripts written. They just wanted – give it a better they just want to tweak things because now they kind of because i think that's the thing is they wrote it so long ago that they just wanted to put because it was originally supposed to be a film and then they adapted yes, it, it, it it's a series just changed a lot production this has been in the works since episode seven when they were going to do the anthology movie and that was still a confirmed thing for kenobi but the thing is we've done two extra star wars saga films since then and we have to go back and retie these things in because we've already had Mandalorian's first season come out and we've seen what works and what hasn't, what people are responding well to, what people aren't. And so I think they're going back and they're, they're, they've already said they're retooling the scripts to make it work better. Yes, w- that was... Which, which we already know that that's most likely going to key in on a lot of what we've learned since Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and Mando. So I, I think whatever's going to come out, it's not going to be a very long delay. It might be a year at most. I don't even think it's going to be. No, I think Ewan, Ewan came out and said that they're pushing filming back like six months or something yeah. like that. It's nothing huge. They said that everything's finished. They just want to push things back in order to, to give everyone time to kind of get through things. Yeah, it's just it, it's literally nothing to worry about. So I get I get that that's priority. So I can see a casting getting pushed back a little bit for that. Uh, Clone Wars Season 7 and potential Season 8, this is where I have issues with it. Clone Wars is going to end with Season 7. It is going to end with the Siege of Mandalore. There's literally nowhere else for them to go and still call it Clone Wars. They'd have to rename the show completely. It ends, like, the Clone Wars literally end with that last episode. It is impossible to go any further. So I do, I, that's that's the first thing I think this is this is false. Star Wars Detours may or not, may or may, may, or may not, geez, eventually be released, but Lucasfilm is sitting on it. I have no idea what that is. I will have to do research on it. I didn't even realize it was in there. Yeah, it sounds like a... Like a There's so much other stuff in here. Um, the original trilogy archival editions, which is going to be the original stuff that George Lucas, Lucas released in right. 77, original, 80, and 83. I can definitely see those releasing at some point. And that's just it. This guy kind of says that there's a lot of legality to stuff, but it's planned to be released eventually. It's very vague. So, I mean, I get it. I do think that is something that is eventually going to release. People have clamored for it for a long time. I don't think it's coming anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, it's the same stuff as the stuff out of the Disney vault. I mean, eventually it's going to come out because there's nostalgia for it. People are going to want it. It's going to be a new, it's going to be a very cool, very money grabbing collector's thing to yes. have. Whether it comes out on Disney Plus or physical. Right. People just want Han to shoot first again. That's all they really want. That's the only reason people want it. Um, Old Republic film, trilogy. Uh, it was originally helmed by the Game of Thrones guys, now searching for replacement directors. That's another issue I have with this. We've kind of said before that Lucasfilm wants to get away from trilogy stuff. So I don't know how much I – and I don't know that the Republic, the older public is going to have that much content in order to do three films. I can see it happening, but I mean in my opinion, if they do three films, they would – They'd skip out on some other content that I think they could really flesh well, that out. Well, the thing is, they could very much follow the the Marvel path as what instead of the instead of the Star Wars trilogies. It could very much be something like we do 
you know, a Cassian film. We do a, a, a Han film. We do some, you know. Yeah, I can definitely see it going off other characters. Different main characters with different ensemble casts that the storylines themselves overarc in a larger main three-part story. I can see that. Interweave. Absolutely. not necessarily 100% connected, but it weaves a greater That's I think what, I think that's more so what we've kind of expected since we've heard the Which, trilogy rumors and things like with, that. with Kevin Feige in, in that kind of road mapping lead that right. they build him in for the Star Wars universe. I can see that being a thing that happens, uh, especially after the, the narrative connectivity problems that we saw with the newest saga. And I think those are a thing of Which the past. Which again, that wasn't, those weren't planned. No, 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 as, exactly, as exactly. We're, we're going to crank out one film, okay, now we're going to crank out another film, but it's a different director so he can do what he wants with it and what he doesn't, what he likes from the other film, he can keep what he doesn't, scrap it, and that's what we saw. Um, so, I don't think we're going to have those issues moving forward. Agreed. But when they talk trilogies, I don't think it's going to be a, here's a trilogy around this one character, like Agreed. Luke Skywalker. Here's not going to be a trilogy about, you know, Anakin Skywalker. It's going to be different characters, different stories with an overarching storyline that connects in an inner weave. Agreed. A la Iron Man, Thor, and, you know. Yeah, whatever. very it's MCU not, not, yeah, it's style. Be, it's I agree with you. It's more disconnected, but still connected, but not necessarily chronologically so so here's where this gets ridiculous uh echoes of the future a broadway musical uh, follows ray immediately after episode nine that's where this that's where this leak died for me immediately it has no credibility to me i just don't if this happens i would be shocked well i don't think that's going to happen because everybody that that's from the creative teams kathleen kennedy and all those guys have already said they have no immediate plans for anything following Exactly. The, as far as Luke, yeah, as far as Lucasfilm is concerned, they publicly said the new characters and a Broadway play. Yeah, makes exactly so. It's so out of out of character. um, I mean, granted, they did try that god awful Spider Man Broadway production, which was just it, it was it was it was a. Legally, yeah, I just because so many guys were getting hurt all the time, and it was I, just nonsense. But I just, yeah, this, I mean, so there's a couple more things on here. Uh, Johnson's trilogy, working title, Offspring of the Jedi, uh, surprisingly not canceled. Uh, we've known that it's not canceled. We know that Ryan Johnson is still working with Star Wars. We don't know when we're getting any of his stuff, but as far as we are all concerned, Ryan Johnson is still making Star Wars movies. Uh, this claims that it was that the that it hinged on the critical success of Rise of Skywalker, whether it was Johnson, Johnson's you know work on Last Jedi that people hated, or if they just don't like the new material altogether. A um, couple more things: uh, the glare of Thrawn standalone movie was just greenlit. We're not getting a Thrawn movie. I, as much as I would love a Thrawn movie, it ain't happening. He's too small of a character. Now, if they introduce the Chiss or Thrawn in a Disney Plus thing and that goes off the wall and it succeeds very well. I could see him getting a movie at that point. As of right now, they're not doing... Star Wars does not have the ability to do what Marvel does essentially with like Guardians of the Galaxy. They can't throw a Thrawn movie out there and go, okay, it's Star Wars, go see it. It won't work. As much as I hate to say that. I would go see it. I would go see it every day until it was out of theaters. I'm not... But I can't make, I can't make Star Wars live in in you know no, in my the, own arms the, the myself the stories would be much 
more appropriate to a Disney Plus story. Agreed. I'll, I'll, uh, Depending on where they go with it, uh, because his story is still open ended after Rebels. Yes, he, absolutely, I agree with you. Um, he's got some. He's got some meat in there uh, that can that can kind of help some things out. Uh, another part of this leak I'm not I'm not real fond of. Project Luminous is a multimedia project covering multiple books and comics that takes place after Episode Nine. As far as we know, it's taking place in the High Republic. I would be shocked if it doesn't take place in the High Republic at this point. We'll find out in about a month, um, and that'll that'll I mean that'll give you everything you need to know about this leak at that point on February twenty fourth. Uh, I think uh, that it, it. I just don't. I can't imagine them going after episode and, nine and that's right the now. Thing. There's so many generic things that are already for the most part confirmed that there's enough stuff there that a lot of people who aren't super into all the things that have already been publicly released by by Disney and by Lucasfilm that have been confirmed as to, okay, here's what our plans are moving forward, that they've already publicly announced, that anybody who's not super into all that knowledge and keeping up on all that, all those press releases and things like that, they're going to buy into it and say, okay, this is this is totally where things are going. Right. We already know that for the most part, there's a lot of sketchy. If this is actually where it's going, that's a massive turnaround from what they've already publicly announced. Yes. So I wouldn't give it a whole lot of credibility. Some of the ideas are interesting, like like the detour thing that I've never heard of either. Yeah, I do want to do some more research on that, and I'll try that, to do it before we akin, end here. Very akin to like Star Tours. <laughs> that's kind of what I thought um, when I first looked at it too. Uh, so what else would detour be right? So the last two things on this list are Jedi Fallen Hope, an EA game. We know that there is a sequel coming. We don't know if it's in development right now. Uh, I'm assuming that it is because they have, they're have they doing work on third-person action-adventure games at Respawn Entertainment. Um, and then the last thing is... And, and, and we know that when, when they went to go do Fallen Order that they wanted it to be a Battlefront-style blaster-based game. It was, it was supposed to be... Yeah, it was something player. they pushed it for for, for lightsabers. They had to lobby to make that a single-player and a, 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 a Jedi-ish yes. character. Um, but they had, to, they had to push super hard and lobby super hard to do that. So for it to get that kind of success, that's... That's kind of where I think the meat, the meat of it's going to go because we're going to get to see a lot more Agreed. explorability in the world. Because that's something that people really enjoyed, whether it was the uh, Force Unleashed games or the Lego games, was that you got to actually go around and explore the universe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last thing on here is New Jedi Order, an animated series about uh, series by Dave Filoni working, uh, following Luke Skywalker, building his New Jedi Order, uh, and they want Mark Hamill to return and voice Luke. I could see something like this happening. I don't see it happening in an animated series. It's going to be a book or a comic, something no, like and, that. And I, I think just... comic is more accurate because they've, they've already started with that kind of, with the fall of Kylo Ren yes, comic agreed. that they've been doing, which is built a lot around uh, that, that Skywalker school. Um, agreed, so absolutely. I think that that's the more, that's the easiest way to go with it because they've already got the end game built into that comic right there. They already know, they already have character design and names yep. and it's it's very easy to just just take it back a step further and build it forward yep. towards that moment. Absolutely, I agree with you. So I, I don't give the Reddit leak too much credit. Obviously, if Project Luminous comes out in a month and we discover that it is post episode nine stuff, it gives it a little bit more credibility. Uh, until I see a musical, though, I don't believe anything that comes out of the right. There's no. a lot of blatantly obvious stuff, and there's enough exactly super weird shady stuff that nobody's heard of before. Or blatantly different things from yep. what's been said publicly by yeah. the brass that 
it's going to be interesting to see what actually comes out, but until the 24th comes around with whatever this big announcement for Luminous is going to be, yep. we're not going to really Agreed. have any idea. All right, that is our first segment. We are next going to cover a load of stuff in the Marvel cinematic space and the Marvel comic space. All right, so let's talk about some Marvel news. Let's first talk uh, the Loki series on Disney+. Plus. Um, it is their planned, I guess, to introduce Sarah, the first transgender character in the MCU. Now, is that this... how it is in the comics as well? Well, so, okay, so here's the thing. Um, Kevin Feige had the big San Diego Comic-Con thing where he talked about, you know, the, the first true LGBTQ lead character. Um, and everybody kind of believed that that was going to be a... Uh, they took that to be that it's going to be the first trans character um, when they basically had to go back and, and redact that and say it's going to be the first bi or gay. Gotcha. We, we already have our first quote-unquote gay character, which is Valkyrie. Yes. Um, so we're thinking about somebody who's a little more probably bi or, or something like that for Eternals, uh, but not necessarily trans. They went back and they kind of walked that back okay. a little bit. Um, so that's kind of why it's interesting to see this rumor floating around, that it's quote-unquote a rumor. Uh, it hasn't been 100% confirmed yet, because there's a lot of casting news uh, yeah. for for the Loki series. There's a lot of news for the Loki series to begin with, um, just because it is much more heavily going to be um, factoring into setting up Multiverse of Madness, um, which we still don't have production dates for it yet. Uh, we know that uh, with the issues of Scott Derrickson leaving... Doctor Strange 2, that that production has been pushed back a few months. Uh, they still don't have a new director for it announced yet. Um, but the other rumor is they've already picked up a season 2 of Loki. Yes, did see that. That's rumor that came around, which I don't know how they're going to do that because they haven't even got scripts written for the first one yet. Um, but if they do feed off all this multiverse of madness, and which is what we already believe WandaVision is tying into very heavily, yes. because Kevin Feige has confirmed that for both of these series. Um... Uh, anyway, getting back getting back to that, the, the, they had to walk back all the trans character comments um, just because that's that's not where things were pushed. But now seeing this rumor come out, uh, the character of Sarah um, is technically a, tra a, a, a trans character uh, because in the comics her character is, um, oh, I, I think it's an anchorite or, or something uh, akin to... To, to that, I'm, I don't remember the exact name of the race, but it's a specific race that is all male, and they live in what is called the Tenth Realm, Heaven, H-E-V-E-N, which is kind of uh, Marvel Universe's version of a generic uh, celestial plane, um, which is where, uh, uh, well, basically, the, 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 like I said, it's an all-male race of, of angels, essentially, uh, which is where Thor's sister, Angela, the Huntress, um, who most people know from uh, the Spawn, mm -hmm. Todd McFarlane series. She was a big player in in, uh, in some of those comics. Um, Marvel did get the rights to Angela back a couple years ago, um, but they are um, uh, romantic partners, uh, Sarah and Angela are. Uh, so that's a that's the thing is nobody really knows if she's going to show up in Loki if she's going to show up in Thor Love and Thunder, um, but like I said, it is an all male race and this character of Sarah identifies as a female. So that's where people are gotcha. getting the trans 
uh, portion into it because she hasn't really transitioned, but she does have that uh, that self that gendered uh, identification uh, status gotcha. there. Um, which, if you look at the actual images of the character, while they are a male race, she does or they do have my apologies for the pronoun, <laughs> uh, but they do have a very feminine uh, appearance. Sarah does. Okay. Um, but that's that's kind of the thing is that if this is going to be the first trans character, um, like I said, the production isn't currently in the works on the series. They're still getting scripts and casting and stuff right. together for it. Um, but it it'll release probably in the next twenty twenty one. Right? Is, yeah, is supposed that's, to be the that's when it's loosely slated slated to release. Uh, so Kevin Feige may not have to really walk those those words back too too much. Um, but yes, it will be the first trans major character. Um, they will also be in that in that relationship with Angela, which will be very interesting to see whether or not they let her factor in more heavily. Because, like we said, she is uh, Thor's actual sister, whereas Hela was not in the comics. They kind of swapped those two characters' roles out, so it'll gotcha. be interesting to see how Sarah fits into this. Um, so they might actually f- uh, retrofit her and her relationship in with Valkyrie, perhaps. Uh, that would be an interesting kind of thing to see how that plays out. I'm not really right. uh, super in, into uh, pushing one way or another, shipping shipping yeah. uh, any any kind of boats that way. But um, uh, it would be interesting just to kind of see how how that character casting stuff, if the rumors do prove true, whether that'll uh, actually come to fruition or not. Um, but that's kind of the rumor now as opposed to just Kevin Feige having to walk the rumors back that that's where this character casting is going to go. Gotcha. Um, which, again, with the Celestial and her relationship with Angela, their big enemies are creatures of hell. So things like Moon Knight's enemies, uh, which is another uh, thing that's been rumored to come out this week. One of the major enemies in it is going to be members of the Hellbent uh, race, which, of course, are demons that have... Uh, or demon-esque creatures that have uh, are a species that existed prior to humans in their existence, which will mean that that relationship with them being the enemies of you know Khonshu, the Egyptian god, and things right. like that, that'll feature very heavily into Mark Spector and uh, all that kind of uh, mystical MCU stuff that they're kind of pushing forward after Multiverse of Madness with Ghost Rider and things like that. Uh, so that will fit in pretty nicely uh, with the whole everything's connected uh, sort of very loosely fashion that, that yeah, we're kind absolutely. of starting to piece things together with the way Phase 4 is going. Um, but yeah, that, that'll, that'll be interesting to see how that uh, that plays out. Um, uh, we do know that Owen Wilson is going to be starring in a high-profile role in Loki now. Unspecified, but what is described as a key role. So nobody really knows... What that means, I have no idea who Owen Wilson would even be playing. Um, I don't think anybody does, truthfully. And, and that's the thing is because so little has been announced about this about this uh, this show, other than the fact that it is going to be very multiverse heavy. So it could literally be anything. It could be yeah. anybody. We already know that um, uh, there is a woman who has been cast as a, another major. Uh, key figure, I, I can't recall her name, uh, but the leading thoughts on this woman and her casting is that she's supposed to play the female version of Loki, which does exist in the comics, um, but not, not Enchantress. Uh, but she will gotcha. apparently play a 
a, a female Loki in one of the multiverse things, but she will have a, a, a leading role through several episodes from what, what we're told on, online. Um, and if you can find that name, feel free to, uh, to, to pull that up. Uh, Sophia DiMartino. Looks like she is the only other person other than Tom Hiddleston who is on the casting list that I'm looking at currently. Yeah, so it's, it's Sophia DiMartino, uh, Tom Hiddleston, and now Owen Wilson, which is a very interesting cast. Uh, and again, we really don't know anything else other than it's going to factor very heavily into what occurs in Multiverse of Madness, which again... It, it could be anybody playing anything because one of the other rumors that came out this morning was that Multiverse of Madness is going to show us alternate versions yes, I did see of that. current MCU heroes that have been established. And I think that would be so awesome. That would be very much akin to their animated What If series um, from from stills and small bits right. that we've seen that they've released from those episodes. Um, like, you know, if... Steve Rogers became, you know, Iron Man in World War II. Right. Peggy Carter became Captain Britain instead of Captain America, and you know all the, all that kind of interesting stuff. Um, so Owen Wilson could be playing some very scrawny, terrible Thor. Who knows? Yeah, uh, he there's could be a, playing Captain America. There's a lot of um, anybody. There's a lot of different things they could do. I think the door's wide open, and I think they're leaving it wide open. Yes. Just for the sake of keeping everybody guessing, because they really don't, I don't, I don't know what to expect for it, and I think they're doing a really good job of keeping. I think that's kind of all of the shows right now. I mean, so uh, a couple other things. Uh, we know that Falcon Winter Soldier was pushed up to August. Yep. There's no um, uh, definite date on that, but that makes sense because we already know Wandavision yes. pushed up to this year, so most likely they will be taking that fall slot. Yes. And the when Paul Bettany just recently did an interview where when they talked about you know is there any finalized date for when WandaVision is coming out and he said well you're going to get your first look at it very very soon and he looked at his watch dur- during that interview and the only thing that's coming up soon is the big game this weekend you know the, the, the oh yeah that's the Super Bowl. Bowl oh wow so you know we've already seen a bunch of commercials that have been dropped uh, that have come out like the John Krasinski and uh, uh, you know the the Boston uh, Park It Yourself uh, commercial, which was actually pretty good between it and Chris Evans, and uh, I can't recall the the woman's name, but there, it was it was pretty funny. Um, but that's the only thing that I can think of where they would be dropping a big thing because we're gonna get we're gonna probably gonna get our next trailer for Black Widow in it. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, we might get a we're probably gonna get to see the Morbius trailer get re released. Yes, definitely. If not, with a little extra footage. Um, but yeah, I imagine with with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier being moved, bumped up to August, um, there wasn't really a whole lot of trailers and, and unique things that got pushed out for Mandalorian, uh, but we did get some sizzle and, and, and teaser reels a couple months out beforehand to kind of get people yeah, the interested only, in what was going on. The only thing we got from Mandalorian was the... So, we got a trailer... And then that came at Star Wars Celebration in like April, and then people who went to Celebration got a sizzle reel in like the first ten minutes of the first episode. Right. So that's that's kind of where um, that's kind of what I'm thinking we're gonna get to see, especially off that interview with Paul Bettany. We're gonna get to see our first looks at Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're gonna get to see our first teaser looks at WandaVision, probably during the Super Bowl, because Avengers Campus is supposed to open during the summer this year out in uh, California. In California. 
when that fully animatronic, uh, stringless yeah, that's Spider-Man is going to be swinging around up around the park. That signals that, the end, by that, the way, that, everybody. That Grant Imahara from Mythbusters helped create everybody. I mean, that's just freaking fantastic. Yeah, I think it's The videos awesome. they released on that today, if you follow him on Twitter... Uh, go find Grant Imahara. He's released a small teaser video between them and Disney Parks that they, they showed what that's supposed to look like. It's going to be amazing. I'm super excited. I cannot wait to go. But with that Marvel Park opening up, I think that'll be very much akin to you know the the the, the, Mar- uh, the Star Wars Fan Expo that they'll get to go out and see maybe some yes. extra stuff there. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to this Sunday is we're probably going to get to get our first looks at WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, speaking of Falcon Winter Soldier, Sebastian Shan has joined uh, John Boyega in uh, throwing some shade Just... Disney way. Uh, in, not necessarily in regards to his character. It's actually in regards to, to Steve Rogers yes. and, and his ending that we got to see at the end of the Infinity Saga. Um, not really sure why. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming it's... You know, it, it's. I'm assuming from the things that I've seen online, it's a lot of the the Stucky, Gay, Steve, and Bucky relationship uh, that that people were were shipping quite heavily for for a long time, um, and, and they basically just the the idea that's being floated around there right now is that the ending that that Steve got, where he went back and changed things, doesn't really fit into the Steve Rogers that we've gotten to know through the MCU. It seems like they kind of rewrote it just to kind of write us write his character off into the sunset which you can kind of see that um but again steve was so far removed from the world that that was yeah i, I think there's a there's a lot of good story writing that's there as well um and like i said sebastian State didn't really actually say anything he just retweeted or posted to instagram some people's complaints yes. about the ending online uh it wasn't necessarily him actually saying something like uh like Isaacs or Boyega has actually said in interviews where you know they're done with Disney this that whatever actually issue, airing airing their actual views uh, this seems to be a little more passive and it's very out of character for for Sebastian's day yes uh, with what he posts to Instagram things like that so um, it's interesting John Boyega did chime in <laughs> I did with, see that with a, with a Palpatine meme saying yes join us welcome to the dark side um, I do know uh, John is John has had some things to say I don't think they are I don't think they're necessarily directed towards but there, there are, Disney and there I don't, are legitimate writing qualms oh yes that, absolutely that I think that with, just happens with Infinity War and Endgame particularly with Endgame because there were a lot of things like the forced um a force the all women's uh battle shot that the writers knew if they forced it in the way they forced it in into the theatrical release it wasn't going to fit naturally and it was going to look forced but they wanted that moment in there and there were ways to do it more organically but they made the creative choice to do it the way they did it and there are people who complain about it i thought it was interesting but i definitely disconnected from the film when they set that up because it didn't quite make sense for all of them to be together and line up in the big you know fanned out almost Justice League-esque V and then take off into doing the things because in in the various battle scenes that they'd shown prior to that they were all very scattered about yeah. and interwoven through the conflict. It just didn't quite make narrative sense. It was a little bit of a plot hole kind of thing. Um, but there are writing issues and, and whether or not anybody agrees with how their character stories ended up uh, Sebastian Stan still has an ongoing series that he's still waiting for checks to clear. So for the idea for him to start throwing shade right now is 
very interesting, especially with the fact that he's he's a very well established character and still has stuff moving forward in the universe. Right. And and I don't want him to go to the way of Terrence Howard because I, I like his Bucky. Yeah. And I like his relationship with with Sam Wilson from just the, the characters, the, the relationship that they built. And I don't want him to dig himself into a hole. Please don't dig yourself into a hole, Stan. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I don't. I think when you get people, um, when you get guys complaining like that, I think that happens more than we think happens. I just don't think it's always done publicly. Right, and that's the um, thing is, it's, it was done publicly, and it's not a very common thing for him. Yeah, and it wasn't like it, like you said, it wasn't a, him actually voicing. Thing. Yes, it's not a very overt. It's thing. very subtle. I don't think it's going to be anything that comes back to haunt him or anything like that. I think it's just. When you've got when you've but got it was things, a trending, it was a top six trending yeah, thing on Twitter. When so you it's get not gonna go when you get giant things like Star Wars and Marvel, you're gonna have you're you're gonna have holes. You're gonna have things that get retconned. You're gonna have things that contradict each other. That, that just happens. It's going to happen no matter how tightly filled your holes are. Right? We've seen it happen a couple times with Star Wars. We've seen it happen a couple times with Marvel. It doesn't happen very often. It does happen, and then, you know, there's things that need written out or fixed, and, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that because normal fans understand that, okay, yes, the, obviously there were things that weren't planned. They went in a direction that went forward in the future, and they needed to readjust some things And I mean, to and if you go going. back and you look at any of the commentary between the writers and the directors and everything else, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that they had ideas for that just simply got cut because it just wasn't going to work with anything else. Yeah, but they were cool ideas of different things. Absolutely. And there were also some incredibly bizarre things, like Cap sitting there eating mashed potatoes and then, like, dripping blood from a wound or something like that into the potatoes and still that. eating it. And people were like... What the heck? And he's just like he's just hungry. You okay? Why is he eating bloody potatoes? Like there's just weird stuff that yeah. just happens sometimes. Agreed. That, that when they get tossed around, they're weird things. Um, so you know, and people are going to have issues with with writing. That's just the, the relationship between actors and, and and writers. Not everything is going to be perfect. I mean, even Mark yes. Hamill had issues with how Luke was written in the new. Yes. In the new yeah, 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 absolutely. And I mean, it, and, it and always said before the films even dropped. He's not my Luke Skywalker yeah, in interviews. It, it always happens. It happens. Especially when you're, you've got so many characters that have been around for so long. Like you have Star Wars now has been around you know, almost 43-some yeah, years. There are ways that writers can do justice to the character for the audience, but not necessarily for the actors. And there's very rarely that there is a perfect mesh for both yes. the actors to feel like like their character stories are resolved because they have their own ideas for what the characters' motivations and where their stories are going to go versus what the audience sees and what's actually comes together from the final cut on what's the theatrical floor versus what they got to act out and was cut or scrapped or done away or reshot completely. Right. So who knows? Um, but there's all, there's all kinds of stuff that, that could be said for that. Um, but we do have more news. Uh, in terms of streaming world, uh, She-Hulk is supposedly in production, uh, currently in pre-production. They're working on scripts and things like that. We are supposed to be getting casting news soon, yep. but there is no official news yet uh, for it. Uh, going back to what we talked about a little bit off of uh, Loki's series and leading into Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, um, it has been confirmed that Emily Blunt, uh, who everybody has kind of been fan-casting as Sue Storm because everybody is fan-casting... Uh, John, John Krasinski, Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Uh, his, his, his actual his, wife. His actual wife. Makes sense. Um, for Mr. Fantastic, which 
uh, Mr. Fantastic's kind of become more, I guess, of a uh, controversial character within the past couple of years, just from decisions that he's made, or, or the way he's been written in comics, I don't really know, but there's a lot of hate for Mr. Fantastic out there for some reason that, that I've been seeing on, online lately, and I'm not really sure why, because he's not really Hank Pym, wife beater terrible, but that's that's just my reading. It's been a while since I've read Fantastic Four comic books, right. don't, don't, don't jump jump down my throat yeah, for that. Yeah, same. Um, because Fantastic Four is not really my thing, but I know I know quite a bit about them. Um, but the theory is um, because their Fantastic Four we already know is not going to be something that's coming in until Phase Five, right. probably Phase Six. Um, but we know they have the rights back. We know that they are coming. Kevin Feige did confirm that, um, but not anywhere in this phase. So for her to be in talks for an upcoming production uh, for something, she ain't playing Sue Storm. She's not playing Sue Storm. My guess is since they are looking for a female lead, co-lead for Doctor Strange 2, it's probably going to be Clea, who is a known sorceress uh, who works very well with uh, with Doctor Strange. Uh, and we also know that they are actively looking for a Clea, and we know that they are casting um, for another uh, black male lead, which will be Doctor Voodoo. Um, which he's kind of like an anti-hero kind of thing. He starts out as a villain and ends up doing some heroic things. Uh, uh, I have to imagine Mordo shows up in this movie they too, They have right? confirmed Mordo's coming back. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to try to uh, butcher uh, Cheadle's last name. Yeah, no, I, absolutely I always not. butcher it every time mm-hmm. I say it, but Cheadle is supposedly locked down to come back in okay. the crisis Good. role as Mordo, which is fantastic because I loved, his, I loved to get to see his character. And getting to see that tease at the end of the last film of him turning, kind of breaking bad. Yes. And then seeing where Multiverse of Badness kind of pushes that. Because I imagine, you know, with that whole there's too many wizards out there kind of thing. Yeah. Getting to see him kind of build up that slow nastiness. And then with whatever happens with Doctor Strange at the very end, have him come up to be... You know, fully realized, I am Baron Mordo, you know, yeah. super villain, um, and have that reveal, but not necessarily get that conclusion, get to see that resolve itself in, in Doctor Strange 3, where he's an actual legitimate villain. Yes. Would be fantastic. I think that's kind of the way they're, they're going with this one. Or even just a larger threat within the MCU would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, another piece for Doctor Strange 2, America Chavez, is rumored to make an appearance. Yep. Uh, Makes sense uh, with her. Now, I've, I'll be honest, I'm not super familiar with her, but I do know that she's she able a newer, to she kind of transport. Um, she's, she has teleportation abilities. She can literally create portals uh, similar to DC's Vibe character. She can create portals within the multiverse and literally travel between different universes. Um, makes sense for her to show up in Multiverse of Madness then I mean it it seems like it fits very well it's a very in character thing Um, a lot of people were complaining because she is one of the newer characters that Marvel has been out kind of like Ms. Marvel Kamala Khan that with these kind of characters being brought up that getting to see a Young Avengers uh, series be brought forward uh, is very likely to happen that may very well make sense they push things uh, for the next team ups but it's Mm, out there um but america chavez is is a very interesting character Uh, i suggest everybody go out there and at least read the marvel wiki page uh for to get acquainted with her but um yeah it's uh it's gonna be a good character it's gonna be interesting yeah Um, and she is supposed to make that appearance like we said we were supposed to see a whole lot of characters in multiverse of madness which of course it's the multiverse of madness people i mean it's going to be crazy nonsense i imagine literally that we see crazy i imagine that is going to be loaded with cameos easter eggs 
all kinds of stuff that and it may be things that Kevin Feige goes, okay, we want to do this, 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 and this, but we can only do this and this. Let's throw the other stuff in there as cameos and Easter eggs. Yeah, it, see how many people can pick it out. It's probably gonna be a lot of let people's imaginations run wild. A lot of it's probably gonna feed into the What If series. I imagine that's gonna be where they get a lot of the material for this. It's gonna be building that up. Um, um, one other we have thing, two, I've got two new Disney Plus yes. series that are Marvel related that have been announced. Rumor has it they're going to loosely tie around Secret Invasion, um, which would be, uh, or Secret Invasion, Secret Wars, uh, which would be a very interesting kind of pseudo. I'd, that would be interesting. I'd like that. Line. Uh, so I'm not really sure how that is, but that's going to be, that's rumored, of course, though. The two new, the two new things, we don't really know how those are going to play out. Probably a couple years off at least, so. But yeah, th- those are new things that are coming out, and we have confirmed that um, this this is a hundred percent confirmed. This came out this around ten o'clock Eastern this morning. Um, Shang Chi and the Legend of the the Ten Rings has confirmed uh, they will introduce uh, MI six characters who yep. are integral to uh, Shang Chi's backstory because he was an MI six agent for a good while. Um, the uh, MI six characters are Liko Wu, Clive Reston, and Blackjack Tar. Uh, for whom uh, Pierce Brosnan has been rumored uh, will make an appearance as that character. I don't necessarily think that that'll be a thing, but we'll see. <laughs> um, but the, the, and the premise of, of these characters being introduced means that when we meet Shang-Chi, he will be fresh out of MI6. He'll kind of be semi-retired from that. And we're going to kind of get to see uh, where he is without that organization behind him, him actually stepping out on his own. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see what kind of stories come out from that, but we know that those characters will be integral to it. Yeah. Uh, we know that they will be leading uh, role characters, uh, which is going to be interesting because we have only one of them is a legitimate British uh, white person. We know that uh, 98% of the casting, is, it is a 98% Asian, Asian-American cast, right. um, very akin to what we saw with Black Panther, where Martin Freeman and, and uh, Andy Serkis were really the only two white guys. Yeah, that showed up in the film, and, and it it'll be done it very well, I imagine. Um, but it is it is very interesting to get to see MI six because they have been alluded to in a couple other um, entrances into the MCU, and we already know that with Shield not really fully existing at this point, uh, with things like Agent Carter going back to CIA, that right. a lot of these other world secret organizations uh, will be factoring more heavily into the universe. Uh, in terms of espionage, because even the Black Widow film is going back to a new Black Widow program right. that's being focused around whatever Russia's FSB service has got going on now from where they brought it back. Uh, so that'll be very interesting to see how that happens and, and what really transpires for it. And supposedly, um, well, not supposedly, this is confirmed, the guys who just directed uh, Bad Boys for Life have supposedly been approached and interviewed by Marvel for a film or TV series. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see what those guys bring uh, bring to the table. They're obviously very, very, very good at creating a meaningful story out of what, and, and very able to continue good action sequences uh, with a meaningful story behind it, which is kind of what Marvel is really well known for. Uh, and they did a really good job of adapting that, considering what they started with was a Michael Bay trilogy. And True. they've been able to reinvent that franchise enough to where there's going to be a Bad Boys 5. 
Um, so I don't really know what's going on there. They basically said that they've been approached, but nothing has really been 100% locked right. down or sealed. Uh, but that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to get seen brought in uh, for that. And supposedly there is another uh, Valkyrie out there in the MCU that is supposed that. to be getting entered. Her name is Mist, uh, M-I-S-T. Uh, and this character is kind of kind of a more obscure character, um, more of a new mutants uh, character. And again, we don't know where she's going to show up, uh, whether it's going to be Thor, Love and Thunder, or in the Loki series. Um, but she is another another Valkyrie that exists aside from uh, Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie character. Right. Uh, and again, that could very much be akin to the same. Uh, kind of casting rumor news that we saw with Sarah, so people may be confusing the two of them between what leaks or things that they're seeing behind the scenes. So it very much could be missed, very much could be Sarah, nobody really knows. Right. Um, it could be any and all of them, who knows. It's just going to be one of those things we have to wait and see when actual things get nailed down for castings and gotcha. scripts, scripts start getting thrown together. Um, but... As more and more rumors are starting to come out with specific characters being named uh, and specific storylines being alluded to, just from the character associations that we've been able to pick up, uh, it's becoming a little easier to kind of figure out what kind of stories uh, we're going to be able to get. Yeah, I think the more information we get over as the time goes on, especially when we get things like Falcon and Winter Soldier releasing, WandaVision releasing, we'll kind of get a bigger overall picture and we'll kind of understand what these Disney Plus series are going to be more more like um any other marvel news to share i think i had everything that we kind of went over as what i had written down um anything else you got that's that's pretty much it for me um that's, that's pretty much all we have right now a lot of the stuff came out like i said just this past week a lot of it is rumor there's not a whole lot right. that is confirmed owen wilson is confirmed the loki cast members are confirmed sarah is not mist is not um but again, very much looking forward to any kind of sneak peeks that we might get uh, regarding Disney Plus series at Super Bowl. Keep your eyes peeled. And that's pretty much it. Keep your ears to the ground. Keep an eye out. We'll um, let you know whatever else yeah. comes up. Uh, a couple other things. So Star Wars Detours was an is a animated comedy um, show that is supposed to focus more on like regular citizens of the galaxy. Day to day lives, things like that. So that's something that's been in production since 2013. Apparently, in 2015, one of the voice actresses, Felicia Day, said that it was canceled as far as she knew. Uh, in June 2018, though, Lucasfilm filed a new trademark for it. So I would assume that is something they still have their back pocket. Um, I don't know if we will ever see it release. And one last thing I wanted to mention, uh, just real quick, the Transformers franchise is going to be rebooted with a Beast Wars. Um, movie apparently, which I think is a little that more interesting. Been floated around for a little while. I'm pretty excited about it actually. That so that's how I originally got involved in Transformers was the Beast Wars stuff when I was younger. Um, yeah, they started out with Beast Wars and then they they kicked it off with. Uh, at least that was how it kicked off when I was younger. I know they had done comics and things like that before, and they did on a show. Yeah. Yes, uh, but Beast Wars is what got me into Transformers originally. So I, I, it's exciting to see something like that from my childhood come back. I hope they end up doing something like that. I, I'll tell you what. Transformers may be one of the it's it's a Michael Bay franchise, you know, as far as it goes. It may not be very good, but I will pay six bucks 
grab popcorn and a drink and go watch Transformers Transform for two hours if I have to. It's I just think it's one of the it is my guilty pleasure franchise. I don't even need realistic CGI. I'm perfectly fine with them going back and doing two D animation with a modern storyline. I'm totally cool going to watch. I it. just thought when I saw the movie. first one, when I saw the first one live action and I saw that scorpion thing come out of the ground and I was like, this is just the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, I remember a quote my dad gave me. We went and saw the movie, and he said he enjoyed the movie until about halfway through, and he looked at it, and he goes, these are just toys. That's what these are, which I just think is a – it perfectly sums up my father. Well, that, that's what that's what the 90s was. I mean, that's 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 what the G.I. Joe, Cobra uh, – All the movies TV, we got in, like, the TV, late 2000s. TV show. Well, I mean, that's the thing is there was, there was a, there was a five-season G.I. Joe cartoon. Yeah. And the whole thing was – Hasbro selling toys. Yep. That's what Transformers. Transformers. Uh, they had what was it like? I mean, if you look at it, that's what Star that, Wars did. That, that's that, all Star Wars did. There's that Sharks TV Sharks show. You remember that? There were like Battle Sharks or something like that. That it was some sort of Han- Hanna Barbera cartoon that was also based around toys. It didn't last very long. The toys weren't that successful. I wasn't super into the Hanna Barbera stuff. The same oh way. yeah, Pokemon. I mean, I had all the Pokemon stuff growing up, so I, I get it. It's just. Uh, I it's just that's just my that that franchise will forever be like my guilty pleasure. I just need a good movie to sit there and just not think too hard no, about. No, it, it's fun to just watch, watch things transform. Fight and blow stuff exactly, up. yeah, yeah. yeah it's, exactly. it's like any good any good monster Godzilla flick. I mean, not oh yeah, the more recent ones, but you know, just to watch monsters destroy stuff is absolutely, fun. It's just, absolutely, it's just fun to see see some nonsense happen on screen and just get to sit back and enjoy it without. Being attached to the fan. Yes, that's the great. That's the greatest thing. Something that's, I don't have to be attached to. Um, <laughs> anything else? Anything else you have for us tonight? Uh, that's that's pretty much pretty it. Pretty much for it. Me. Yeah. I think I am also tapped out on things. This has been episode nine of the Between the Joysticks podcast. You guys have a good rest of your day. Yep. Yeah. Keep gaming. Keep playing, and don't forget to keep between the joysticks. See you next time.